Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Cinematic Universe, the podcast that's all about comic book movies, which you can now find at cinematicuniverse.com. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and I'll be bringing you a truncated version of the show to bridge the gap between our Wonder Woman and Dread episodes. I'll be giving you my reactions to the comics that Seven James recommended on last week's podcast. Um, Those were both from Wonder Woman, uh, Wonder Woman Volume 2, Issues 1 to 7, and then Issue 600. Um, But before any of that, let's take a look at some of the comic book movie news that has broken over the past week. Um, And I should probably start off this section by saying you can find a lot of this news now at cinematicuniverse.com as well as um, a bunch of other features and reviews and stuff like that. And obviously you'll continue to find the podcast there. Um, So if you haven't checked out the website yet, uh, please do. Uh, We're putting uh, a lot of work and effort into it and um, I think we're pretty pleased with how it's um, unfolding so far. Um, But to the news on the podcast, um, I think the the biggest news this week is um, all of the X-Men Dark Phoenix stuff, which to some extent is just confirming a bunch of stuff that we already knew, um, but is interesting nonetheless. Um, So Simon Kinberg, as expected, is going to be directing X-Men Dark Phoenix. Um, They're managing to get back like most of the original cast from the uh, from the last few movies. Uh, So Jennifer Lawrence, Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy are all coming back. Um, Also uh, rejoining the cast, Nicholas Hull, Alexandra Shipp, Sophie Turner, Ty Sheridan, Cody Smith-McPhee. Um, so I think the only like major um, omission from that list is Evan Peters, who uh, played Quicksilver, obviously, and he was part of that kind of team lineup at the end of X Men Apocalypse. Um, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if there's still a cameo or something. Maybe it's a scheduling issue because Quicksilver has been a character who's been uh, well received by audiences. So I wouldn't imagine it's like a conscious choice to cut him out of it. Um, I think the most interesting thing here is the. Uh, villain casting with Jessica Chastain rumoured to be in line to play the villain um, L- uh, Lalandra who is uh, a Shi'ar Empress um, I was chatting to Seven James about this um, and asking them is it strange that she is being described as a villain because from what I know about the character in the comics the times I've read her she doesn't seem like an obvious villain and we kind of agreed that it would probably be more apt to describe her as an antagonist in the Dark Phoenix story rather than a villain. Um, And so maybe it will be a more nuanced role. 
Um, or perhaps they're changing the character of Lalandra for the film to make her more direct villain. I would have guessed, though, that the Dark Phoenix entity in Jean Grey would be the main villain of this movie, especially given that it's called X-Men Dark Phoenix. Um, but obviously Jessica Chastain's a fantastic actress and she would be a great get for any superhero movie. Um, and I hope this works out because she uh, she would be great. Um, and I, I, despite the Simon Kinberg thing as director, I still kind of have high hopes for this movie. Um, they've got all of the cast they want back and Kinberg we don't know what he can actually do behind the camera he's had you know he's had some success as a producer of the X-Men franchise I think he came in after or during the last stand and has kind of been part of the franchise since which obviously had some ups and downs but I think as you know in in the last few years well since since first class and then stuff like Logan there's been some of the most interesting X-Men stuff going on um so yeah, we'll see what Simon Kimber can do, and um, that film is set for November 2nd, 2018. Um, our next piece of news is the Black Panther trailer, which I really, really liked this trailer, you guys. Uh, Michael B. Jordan as the villain Killmonger looks incredible. Like, um, scary and sexy at the same time. Like, that haircut is uh, it's working for Michael B. Jordan. Um, but there are other people in this film as well. Um, I've actually done a detailed trailer breakdown. I've uh, taken out some screenshots and um, explained who a bunch of the characters are and um, tried to decipher what might be going on in Black Panther based on what they've shown is in that first trailer. Um, you can find that on the website. Um, but yeah, I really liked this. Um, it was set to a Run the Jewels track and um, I'm yeah, I, I'm pretty excited. I, I, also, because I liked the music in the trailer, I was like, hmm, I wonder who's doing the, the score for Black Panther. And it's Ludwig Göransson, who's worked with Childish Gambino on a bunch of his music in the past. Um, and has scored, I think he scored Fruitvale Station for Ryan Coogler in the past as well. So um, yeah, I am really really looking to black pan look really really looking forward to black panther after that first trailer um which was pretty great um to uh some more fox stuff now uh and new mutants new mutants has been filling out uh some of the rest of its cast um so a brazilian actor no uh called henry zaga will be playing sunspot um that's been the most controversial piece of casting so far um the character in the comics is Brazilian. Um, I believe he was originally portrayed as black Brazilian and has uh, more recently been kind of depicted with lighter skin. Um, I don't know enough about that to wade into that controversy, but um, to point out that that controversy um, is out there. Um, an actress called Blue Hunt, great name, has been cast uh, in the role of Danielle Moonstar. Um, she is apparently a cast member on the originals, a show I'm not familiar with. Um, and then Charlie Heaton, who uh, was part of the Stranger Things cast, uh, I would say one of the weaker parts of the Stranger Things cast, um, but he was in talks um, and presumably has joined the cast now as um, Sam Guffrey Cannonball, uh, which kind of uh, rounds out the, the main New Mutants cast. So they're obviously joining Anya Taylor-Joy and Maisie Williams and... Um, uh, Rosario Dawson is also uh, in talks to be in that movie um, in I think what sounds like more of a mentor role um, so that's pretty cool as well so yeah I, I would say of the two Fox movies of the two X-Men movies uh, in development right now I'm looking forward to New Mutants more than I am Dark Phoenix um, it sounds very very interesting from what Josh Boone has had to say about it so yeah 
I'm, uh, I think just because it sounds a little bit different, I'm more intrigued by that at the moment than I am Dark Phoenix. But um, everything's coming together for Fox this week. Um, let's do uh, a brief bit of casting news now. And Ant-Man and uh, Deadpool 2, two different studios, but both have announced pieces of casting uh, for what are supp- supposed to be key roles, according to the uh, the reporting, but we don't know what those roles, roles are. So Hannah John Kamen has joined Ant-Man. Um, she's an actress uh, best known for uh, a role in Black Mirror. Um, and then Deadpool 2 has cast an actress called Shioli Kutsuna in uh, a key role as well. But again, we don't know who they are. So I thought that we should point out those pieces of casting that probably... A year from now, it would be like, oh, that person's great in this movie, or that person was pretty surprisingly pivotal in this movie. Uh, but yeah, we don't know who they are. We're being told their key roles. They may or may not be. Um, let's mo- move over to DC now. There's a bunch of interesting stuff coming out of DC in the wake of uh, Wonder Woman's release, which we should point out has been a massive commercial and critical success. Um, and uh, we're probably going to see some of the fallout from that happening. Uh, We know that Justice League is undergoing some major reshoots at the moment under Joss Whedon. Um, It sounds like at this point that the reshoots are maybe not as drastic as they're completely remaking the film, but are more extensive than your average reshoots that are scheduled in at this kind of point in production normally. Um, But Joss Whedon did say he was continuing on with what Zack Snyder had kind of planned and what Zack Snyder had Uh, his vision for the rest of the movie and that he was just kind of completing that vision Um, that being said Hans Zimmer has been replaced um, as the composer on that film with Danny Elfman um, which um, is interesting Um, I don't want to read too much into that but it's it's almost difficult not to Uh, Jeff Johns has also been talking um, about the DC Universe this past week um, and he said in an interview with The Rap that he wanted to, quote, get to the essence of the character and make the movies fun. Just make sure that the characters are the characters with heart, humour, hope, heroics and optimism at the base. Uh, which I think the most generous reading of the DCEU so far, that has not been the case outside of Wonder Woman. I'm sure some people would try and argue that it, is, that it has been, but it just hasn't. Um, and so if that is the approach for these films going forward then they are changing to be more like Wonder Woman than Batman v Superman. There's no doubt about that. Um, and Danny Elfman replacing Hans Zimmer on Justice League. I mean, Danny Elfman has done some moody gothic stuff, but I think there is there is more of a kind of like um, a spring to the step of a Danny Elfman score than there is to a Hans Zimmer one anyway. Hans Zimmer um, is a composer whose music tends to match the serious nature of directors like Chris Nolan and Zack Snyder. I mean, he obviously did uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, which is one of the jauntiest, best scores of all time. But um, I think certainly in the superhero realm, Danny Elfman feels like it's a it's a uh, step in the direction of a lighter tone and touch. Um, also at DC, we're expecting now the next movies that will appear after Aquaman to be Justice League Dark and Batgirl. Uh, Justice League Dark, we know, lost its director in Doug Liman, um, so I'd be less confident about that than I would be about Batgirl, which obviously has Joss Whedon uh, writing and directing, and Joss Whedon is now heavily involved at DC after taking over from Zack Snyder on Justice League. Um, that probably suggests that The Flash hasn't fixed that, fixed its um, behind-the-scenes woes yet, and that they're not going to be pushing forward any faster with films like Shazam 
or Green Lantern Corps or um, Cyborg. And I think the the only other one that I can think that was was in the running to be the next film after this was the Gotham City Sirens, the kind of Suicide Squad um, follow up, or or perhaps even Suicide Squad Two itself. DC have a lot of films in development, but yeah, at this point it looks like Batgirl. I think maybe next after Aquaman, and then Justice League Dark if they can get that one sorted. Um, okay, uh, and our last bit of movie news is that Shadow Man, which is one of these valiant superheroes who I know absolutely nothing about, um, has got a new writer and director team. Uh, Reginald Hudlin, who apparently is a comics writer who did um, a long run on the Black Panther comics, um, he has uh, signed up to direct and he's also going to be co-writing the scripts with um, Salem showrunner Adam Simon. That's about as much as I can say about that because I really don't know anything about Shadow Man. But Shadow Man, uh, certainly the Valiant superheroes, they're certainly developing those. They might be a thing. Um, A Sin City TV show is in development. Um, It's got Glenn Mazzara, who is the um, showrunner of The Walking Dead involved, and Leslie Wiseman. Um, It's just in development right now. There's nothing more to it than that. Um... I don't really see the appeal of a Sin City TV show, uh, given that the the film was kind of driven by how stylized it was, and I can't imagine that the TV would be able to recreate that, and certainly whether that would be interesting two, three seasons in. I don't know, but a Sin City TV show is in the works, as is a remake of um, Misfits, a US remake of Misfits, which was a British superhero TV show. Um, It starred people like uh, Ewan Rian, who has gone on to Game of Thrones and Inhumans, which is relevant to our interests, I guess, Um, and um, Antonia Thomas, people like that. Uh, it, it It was... it was a pretty good show. It looked like it was going to go on to be much more interesting than it ultimately ended up being. Uh, Joe Gilgan joined the cast later on, but it kind of it lost all its cast. It had to replace most of them and wasn't really able to realise its potential, I think. But a US remake is in the works uh, for the second time, I think. And a pilot has been ordered by Freeform. Seven James, very excited that... Um, we have a new season regular for um, Riverdale Series 2. Uh, that is Skeet Ulrich, who was a big part of Season 1 um, and a, a, admittedly one of the stronger parts of Season 1 and will be returning in a series regular uh, capacity for Series 2. Um, and then finally, Legends of Tomorrow. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. has cast um, an actress called Tal Ash. Um, she will be playing a character who in the comics was known as Isis. Um, I think it's fair to... Um, say that that will not be the role she's playing in the show she will either have a different name or be playing a slightly different character uh, the role is um a character called zari adriana tomaz uh, she's going to be joining the main team in legends of tomorrow and notably uh, she is a muslim american superhero um which means that the dc shows have beaten marvel to the punch there uh, marvel get that miss marvel movie in development which I should add another plug for the website. Uh, Seb James and I wrote a feature together about the 15 female superheroes that we'd like to see getting a uh, solo movie adaptation after the success of Wonder Woman. I included Miss Marvel because she's great. Okay, we'll move on now to the comic book recommendations. And I think I should do these chronologically because we've got Wonder Woman Volume 2, Issues 1 to 7, which is the, it was the uh, relaunch of Wonder Woman, the reimagining of Wonder Woman uh, that um, came alongside the uh, the Batman and Superman relaunches that have been previously recommended on this podcast, uh, both of which I liked. Um, this, this is written by, um, well, a creative team of Greg Potter, George Perez and Bruce Patterson. And as Seb said on the podcast last week, um, is a, a, an origin story for Wonder Woman that isn't massively dissimilar to the one in the movie. Structurally, it's kind of similar. Uh, there is there is more in there from the comics in the movie than than you would think. Uh, but it's also not a direct adaptation. The the comic is a lot more concerned with the gods, the Greek pantheon. There is. Um, lots of gods who play a much more active role um Ares is the villain but his sons um whose names I've already forgotten um are a part of it as well um there is a, a like a demon god called Decay who shows up um and it's basically Wonder Woman essentially fighting with Ares after we find out her origin story and the origin story of the Amazons and and how all the Greek myths and legends play into that um, and then, yeah, a fairly standard, straightforward, uh, heroic origin story for Diana as Wonder Woman, how the world discovers her as Wonder Woman. Um, I don't want to dig too deep into all of the plot specifics because it's kind of an efficient, decently told origin story for Wonder Woman. Um, but it feels like because this is reimagining her origin at this point in the comics... It's more concerned with the plotting and the structure of that origin rather than the character itself. Like the character comes across as very boring. And I know Seven James have said that they've not really been interested in Wonder Woman comics before. And there doesn't really seem to be much to the character here. Um, she is, she's an icon and she is like the, the like she's got like a chosen one saviour narrative within, within the, 
the Amazonians and the Greeks, but she's not. There's not much to her beyond that. She's kind of she's kind of nice and she's and she's good and she she's very successful at being Wonder Woman. But yeah, there's kind of I didn't get a huge amount of character from her. Um, and so this is one of those that I would compare, like I you, you just after seeing the movie, having to hold the two up side by side and going, okay, so this is kind of the definitive Wonder Woman origin in the comics. And I think the movie just did it better. Like, I I, I agree with exactly what Seb said in the podcast last week, that this is the movie version of this origin story, I think, will become the definitive one moving forward. I think this that will be what people consider as Wonder Woman's origin, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the comics uh, find a way to kind of get much closer to that origin, to get much closer to that version of the character. Um because the movie just the movie just nailed it basically. Um, I I did kind of like the the first issue is very much focused on the Greeks and their history and it ties into actual like Greek mythology from uh, from ancient Greece and there's it overlaps with the story of Hercules who comes across as a horrible horrible bastard um, in this uh, when he encounters the Amazons. Um, that, that kind of stuff felt new and fresh and interesting and, and weirdly it was kind of almost like uh, the story became a bit more dull and predictable once Wonder Woman came into it. Uh, Steve Trevor is, is is kind of a little bit irrelevant. He's he's there but he's there kind of fighting uh, in, in, a, in a plot that's kind of irrelevant and kind of disjointed away from Wonder Woman. There are some other supporting characters who weren't in the movie etta candy is there but there's some other supporting characters who wonder woman encounters who again feel like a good way to ground her to the human race to give her that connection um but uh, i i didn't feel like oh the, the movie really missed an opportunity by not introducing them um and yeah it's pretty straightforward i think the one thing i did i think the thing that i did like and this almost t- also ties into the thing that i really didn't like is that the film Oh, sorry, the, the, what the comic did was it's set kind of post-Vietnam. It's set, it's set when there's not a major war going on and that doesn't feel the right time to have this story because she's fighting Ares and Ares is trying to get men to fight. He's trying to get men to go to war with each other. He wants mankind to destroy itself by going to war um, and that is also kind of destroying all of the Greek gods because the men aren't going to be there to worship them anymore so it's kind of like it threatens humanity and it threatens the gods um and it the story feels like it should be taking place during actual wartime like the movie does which again is an improvement on this story there uh what i did like though is the way it was resolved is that kind of like diana uh wraps Ares in the lasso of truth and he sees um what will happen if he is successful in his goals which is that he will also like wither and die away because when man destroys itself there will be no more wars after that and that he will kind of wither and die and go away so he kind of accepts that he needs to take a step back from humanity and like he will essentially have to have faith in humans continuing to fight in in humanity's weakness and he'll have to just accept that and he says to diana kind of look it's your job if you have more faith in them that they're not going to do that it's your job to try and to try and stop them warring and to and essentially what wonder woman's job is is to create balance between the good and evil in humanity 
Um, but he's going to take a step back and hope that they just keep fighting amongst themselves because that is what mankind does. Uh, so I thought that ending was was uh, kind of neat. There's some there's some further stuff with her kind of like there's a PR woman that steps in in the seventh issue and kind of tries to sell Wonder Woman to the world as a brand and an icon, which I thought was a, a fun kind of postmodern little bit in there as well. Um, there's uh, yeah I, I i think i think that's about as much as i want to say about it basically in that i thought this was good but what it really highlighted to me was that i think we've got the the origin story uh, we deserve in the patty jenkins movie um i would also add on top of that that i was listening to another podcast and um a, a podcast i'm kind of addicted to at the moment which is uh, blank check with griffin and david and they did a wonder woman episode and they were talking about how structurally similar the film is to Moana uh, the animated Disney film from last year and I re-watched Moana last weekend because everyone should re-watch that film regularly and um, it's it very much is the case especially in the first act it's a very similar thing um, and so I would recommend if you like Wonder Woman and haven't seen Moana go watch Moana because it's fantastic uh, so I just throw in a little uh, recommendation there for, from me as well um, and we'll move on now to James's recommendation, which is Wonder Woman issue 600, uh, which comes from various writers and creative teams. I'm just looking in terms of uh, the people who've written the uh, stories on the front page. Um, there's Amanda Connor, Jeff Johns, Gail Simone, Louise Simonson, J. Michael Straczynski. Um, and this is basically a bunch of short Wonder Woman stories uh, that were there to kind of celebrate the character for the 600th issue. Um, I read a similar thing for Captain America's 75th birthday uh, last year, which was where they introduced all of the stuff that has gone on to create so much controversy this year. Uh, but the actual, like, the short stories in it were really fun and wonderful and kind of, like, just people paying tributes to this character that they love. And that's kind of a similar thing here. The first story is a reference back to that first Wonder Woman arc that I was just uh, talking about previously, um, referencing one of the characters and... Uh, a really sweet kind of riff on Wonder Woman's connection to humanity in that through one of those supporting characters uh, who was in that story. Uh, that first story is uh, written by Gail Simone and drawn by George Perez. Um, the second one is written by Amanda Connor. Um, uh, she also draws it uh, with colours from Paul Mount. And it's Wonder Woman and Power Girl in a... I think this was my favourite of the short stories here, where she is uh, kind of having a fun superhero fight with Power Girl, and then Power Girl says, oh, can you help me out with something? Uh, that I've heard you've got one of these other powers. And it's basically Power Girl knowing that Wonder Woman has the ability to communicate with animals and kind of, like, chats to her about her cat and how she can have a better relationship with her cat and it's really sweet and fun and it's just a short little story but it's um it's adorable um the louise simonson story is um a fun little battle that she where she teams up with superman um that that was that was kind of slight but fun um and then there is um a jeff johns thing that seems like it's playing on what might be about to come in the comics uh, at, at that time um, and that's drawn by Scott Collins and then the J. Michael Straczynski comic comes after that 
uh, with Don Kramer, it looks like it's debuting a new costume for Wonder Woman, and again playing into what was actually happening with Wonder Woman at that time in the comics. And then there's a there is a then something at the end which apparently is a sneak preview of Action Comics issue eight hundred and ninety. And I think it's fair to say that I zoned out a little bit in the second half of this because I kind of liked the first three like short Wonder Woman stories that were like paying tribute to this character and what a great icon she is. There's also lots of like individual artists have drawn like their take on Wonder Woman going through the comic, which is really great as well. Just peppered in there, just seeing seeing these great hero shots of uh, Diana. Um, and so I really enjoyed that a lot. And I thought that it was definitely a benefit to read that coming off the back of the first Wonder Woman uh, volume to issues one to seven. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I think I enjoyed, I enjoyed all of these to an extent. I wasn't blown away by anything, but I think it was just nice to read a bit of Wonder Woman coming off the back of the movie. And I think I just loved that movie so much. I feel like you've got a definitive version of that character right there. And um, that's the version that I want and I need right now. And I probably don't need any comics versions of, of that character until the comics start riffing more on that version of the character. I just, uh, yeah, pretty in the bag for that movie, you guys. Um, so that was our Wonder Woman comics. And that's it for this week's show. Um, don't forget that the next episode will be focused on Dread. And if you're enjoying the show, please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM or your podcast app of choice. Uh, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Cinematic Universe. And please support the website, which is cinematicuniverse.com. Uh, you can find more episodes of the show there. You can get in touch via Facebook, where we are being a lot more active now following the launch of the um, website. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, which is now at cine underscore verse. And you can send us an email to editorial at cinematicuniverse.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.